You know, in the scripture, we're encouraged, we're commanded to seek God first and foremost. Now, when you're in a relationship with a spouse, um, what does that mean? What, what does it mean when you and your spouse submit your marriage to Christ and seek God first in your marriage? Well, I'm John Fuller in the studio, along with Greg and Aaron Smalley. They lead our marriage department here. We're going to hear now from Gary Thomas, who has some really wonderful perspectives about the Christian life and marriage. Here he is speaking with Jim Daly. You believe every marriage should have a magnificent obsession. Yes. Mine happens to be cleaning my garage. <laughs> is am that I, am I an obsession? Does that make is, it magnificent? Does that fit in your definition? Well, yeah, yeah. It's my, my wife's is cleaning the kitchen. So <laughs> there we go. We, we, we can't leave the house if it's not obsessively clean because we might die when we're gone and somebody might see our kitchen when we go back. I always think it's funny. Anyway. Um, the magnificent obsession is, I'm, I'm stealing that phrase from a classical writer several hundred years ago to summarize Jesus' words in Matthew 6:33, when he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That word first is very important. The word seek is very important. In Greek, it's continuous present tense. Continually keep on seeking above everything else the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it's my belief that that is the best agenda for a lifelong love, a satisfying marriage, because it deals with the two issues that brings most marriages down. I've been dealing with marriage ministry now for decades, and the two of the things that I see, the first one that brings a lot of couples down, it's not some mystical thing. It'll almost sound mundane, but the reality is couples get bored with each other. They so drift they, apart. They just drift apart, and then the kids are graduated, and they don't even have that to share anymore, and so they drop the kid off at college and stop at the lawyer on the way home and say, okay, um, we're done. Seeking first the kingdom of God just points out the fact that we were made for more than marriage. That's why we get bored with each other. None of us are so fascinating that we can keep each other enthralled for five or six decades. We're just, we're just not that. Um, five or six dates you can. Five or six years is a challenge. I like that low expectation. <laughs> well, five or six de decades, it's not going to happen. But if you're seeking first the kingdom of God, what I've found, that's what gives meaning to your life. I, I believe God wants us to be discontent and listless if we're living a selfish life. We weren't created to live a selfish life. And living for romantic happiness is a selfish life. Living for just financial comfort is a selfish life. Living just to have even a happy family in one sense can be a selfish life. We were created to impact eternity, for God to impact eternity through us. And so what I found is that it gives you a reason to pray for each other and with each other. It gives a new respect. I, I tell husbands, if there are husbands listening, how do I get my wife to be impressed by me? Here's the easiest thing to do. Offer yourself in service to God because you find out the Holy Spirit is real. And he will gift you if you make yourself available. And he will use you. And your wife will say, man, I didn't know he had that. I mean, it's just fun. And Lisa and I have even noticed this as empty nesters. Now that we've been empty nesters, we do a lot more together. And we started doing um, most of our premarital counseling together. So the first time I'm with a couple and there's this going on and I'm asking this and I'm pointing out this. And you got to look at this. And we get done. Lisa's like wow, you're pretty good at this. And there, there was just this new appreciation or respect, but it's not me 
I mean, I, it's, it's, you offer yourself to the Holy Spirit and he uses you. So I, I just say if you want to get your husband's affection or your wife's affection, just get the Holy Spirit on your side. And you get the Holy Spirit on your side by seeking first the kingdom of God, which is why I say don't worry about falling out of love. Neurochemically, that's going to happen. Worry about falling out of purpose. That's good. So the, the first part is don't worry about falling out of love. Worry about falling out of purpose. The second one is don't worry about falling out of love. Worry about falling out of repentance. Hmm. Because when I'm seeking first his righteousness, I'm becoming the kind of person a woman wants to be married to. I'm dying to the things that destroy most marriages. Anger, rage, malice, uh, lust, um, greed, all of those things that make somebody miserable to be around. And righteousness isn't just avoiding the bad, it's building the good of Christ. I'm growing in patience and kindness and gentleness and love and understanding and humility. Those are the things that somebody wants to be around. And so by doing, seeking first his righteousness, I'm becoming the kind of person that somebody else wants to be around, which ultimately builds my marriage. And I'm just telling you as a pastor, 90% of the issues when somebody comes into my office, it's an issue of character. Somebody is acting with anger or lust or a lack of self-control or spending is out of control or whatnot. And so if we would follow the magnificent obsession, build our marriages on purpose and righteousness, we kill the two things that destroy most marriages. So Greg, let me ask you to address the point that Gary made earlier in the conversation. Don't lose your purpose in marriage. Um, now our theme this month is marriage mentoring. So play the mentor, if you will, and speak to the couple that needs to be focused and not lose the purpose in their relationship. Which is so easy to do. Yeah. We all are mm -hmm. busy. We've got a lot going on, working, raising kids, hobbies. I mean, come up with the list. Yeah. We, we are all busy, and it's easy then just to lose sight of what are we doing with our marriage to bless others? You know, it's it's pretty easy in life to to maintain an individual calling. What does God really place on my heart to do? What does God place on Aaron's heart to do? And certainly we want to help each other accomplish kind of those individual goals. But it's easy to forget that, you know, God has given us this marriage relationship, and that's a powerful thing. This oneness between the two of us, what Aaron and I can do together is often far greater than what we could have done on our own. And, and a part of honoring that, protecting that oneness is to keep in mind that, that God wants us to, to use our marriage to bless others. Aaron and I have used this analogy a lot, but I think it's so true that, you know, God doesn't want us right to have a mm -hmm. Dead Sea marriage. Yeah, because you think about the Dead Sea, mm -hmm. um, the Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea, all this life-giving water, but absolutely nothing flows out of the Dead Sea. And so we use that analogy that we don't want a Dead Sea marriage. We've got the river of life flowing into our marriage, and we want to be able to pour out and bless all of those around us. Yeah, so if I'm mentoring a couple, I would simply say it, it's it, it, in addition to what you believe God is calling you both as individuals to do, mm -hmm. find a vision for your marriage that you're both passionate about, you know, something that really benefits others, kind of walking out the greatest commandment to love God, to love others, but using your marriage. 
in in a great place, John, to start to kind of think that through because I get that people kind of just sit there and stare and blink and like what? Yeah. Like we've been so busy, we can't yeah, we figure it out. Thought about that. Yeah. So maybe you know, start with a couple questions. What might God be calling us to do together to serve Him to to bless others? You know, what do we want our life together to be like? It five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now. Just begin to to dream, you know, what, what qualities, you know, do we want people to remember us Mm -hmm. by, you know, when I think about Aaron and I, you know, I, I hope someday that one of those qualities, you know, that they remember us by is that, that we had such a passion to help other couples have a great marriage. Like we really took the time to invest in others in, in lots of ways. Mm -hmm. And you think about what values, do we want to pass on to our children and our grandchildren? I just was visiting with a young couple the other day, and they said that one of their grandfathers passed away, and he left the, all the grandchildren money. Hmm. And they could only take the money, they could only have the money if they were investing the money for their future. And I loved that because it was something, it was a value that this grandfather held, and he wanted their his grandchildren to take that to the next generation. Yeah. And so what a blessing to bless them with that value hmm. that he had, as well as, you know, what legacy do we yeah. want to leave? These are good things to be thinking through, to, to be pondering. Uh, let me just encourage you as a couple, you might not find it right away. This purpose, um, it might be that you just have to walk with God and let him reveal something or maybe show you that you're already engaged in some of his purposes for your marriage. You just didn't realize it. Yeah. So. This isn't a prize that you get to grab onto because, yay, I found it. It's something you might have to kind of discover over time together as a couple. And it changes from season to season. Indeed. Um, But regardless of where you're at in this journey of trying to find purpose or living out your purpose in your relationship, regardless of what season you're in, I do know that one of the best things that we have here at Focus to help you take next steps in your relationship is our free marriage assessment, which is phenomenal. It's going to help you really understand, oh, we're really doing well in some areas and maybe an area or two that you can grow in. It's wonderful. It's free. It takes just a few minutes. We'll link over to that free marriage assessment in the show notes. And John, why that matters, by the way. Yeah. So if we're talking about God give us a vision for what we're going to do together as a couple, for some couples, the problem is they're not connected. And maybe they've been going through a hard season. So even taking an assessment to give you good insight into what do we need to work on first, start coming closer together, start Mm -hmm. connecting, then sets us up to be successful as we pursue a shared dream together. Yeah. So, I mean, it all begins with just take that free assessment. And again, the link is in the show notes. We'll also have a link to Gary Thomas's great book, A Lifelong Love, which is a wonderful resource to help you grow spiritually in your marriage. Uh, We're making that available to you today. If you'll just make a one-time gift or a monthly pledge of any amount to the ministry of Focus on the Family. All the details are in the show notes. You'll hear more from Gary Thomas next time. He'll talk about being considerate to your mate. And for now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and our entire team here, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. (music) 